Good morning. Oh, praise God. Um, it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Uh, so we have a fellowship dinner or lunch, uh, which I've been looking forward to. Um, but I also realize, you know, uh, we have to understand is, uh, as we are continuing with church, there's also the world and, uh, then there's, um, situations going on, uh, and we know COVID-19 is trying to work its way back into our society and around, and of course it's gonna affect our church, and a fellowship dinner might, you know, have, you know, cause people maybe not to wanna be here, and that is under- and understandable. Are y'all with me? Um, and I hope that, you know, um, nobody takes offense to it. I just, I felt like it was a good time for some fellowship, but at the same time, we have to remember that some people's immune systems are more compromised than others. Um, so we just need to respect that. And we need to also remember that we have sanitizer when you come in the building and when you talk with people to just kind of key. I, I wish, I wish that we could just forget all about it, but the, the truth is we also must remain vigilant. You understand? Um, it's terrible. It's obviously, uh, the enemy has more implications for this stuff than what it meets the eye. You know, this is demonic, uh, in a lot of ways and, uh, its attack is initially going to be on the church. Uh, in my witnessing of it, it's exactly what's happened. For the first time in history, every church in America was shut down. Can y'all believe that? I mean, well, not all of them. Some of them meant, but. Like this is something that's weird, but I'm just I'm just throwing this out there that you would understand that uh, there's probably a second wave coming, and uh, whether it's all political, some chemical warfare, whatever it is, um, just be vigilant. And things like a fellowship dinner could definitely cause people not to want to come. But praise God for all of y'all are here, right? Uh, so I took the opportunity because I wanted to preach a short message. Um, to go ahead and look, it is 11.10, so I got to 11.30 to get this thing off. I'm going to preach a 20-minute message, and I figured it was a good time to uh, finish the message that I had started last week, and I hope that's okay. A uh, very interesting message, uh, which you can find with John uh, if you missed it. I don't have time to go back over it, but it was about generations. Um, I talked about the many covenants. Uh, that God has made with mankind, with Noah, and then he made a covenant with uh, Abraham. And uh, we we are in a covenant right now in Jesus Christ our Lord, and that covenant was to the whole entire world. And that is still the dispensation we are in right now. Um, and it's been the blessing uh, to the whole entire world. Uh, but we have entered into this covenant with the Almighty God that persists from generation to generation, as man keeps breaking his covenants and doing all these things, we have to be aware uh, uh, that this eternal God is still looking for those who call upon his name. He's still waiting uh, and, and, and looking for us to call upon his name. Are you with me? Uh, before I even realized that it was uh, 4th of July, when is 4th of July? Is it? Praise God. So before we meet again, this will uh, be 4th of July. Uh, 
coming up, and he had put some stuff up here, and I had actually been preparing my message in another route, not even thinking about that, and that happens often, and I love that. But, so, what I wanted to say is how um, the enemy definitely attacks from generation to generation, uh, and God is the God of all generations, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and there was a time when men uh, were men of the house, they were priests, and they would raise up uh, their firstborns to be the priest of the house in their stead. And this was uh, the blessing uh, from Abraham to uh, Isaac uh, and Isaac to Jacob and Jacob to the 12, son, 12 tribes of Israel. Are you with me? Uh, and there was a time when men were uh, strong in the earth in the ways of the Lord. And I was explaining from the very beginning that the enemy had already uh, subdued ha- you know, half the people into serving false gods, and all these different things. Uh, But what I wanted to get to today was the fact that there is, in the Bible, you know, it speaks about generations and generations and different times and dispensations, but it also speaks of a final generation. And within the final generation, I just want to point some things out. Number one, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, Give some signs to what we call the birth pains. And basically in these signs, he says, once you see these things, this generation will, will by no means pass away until all things have been fulfilled. Uh, and you can go study those signs for yourself. But I found that very interesting because there is a common thread of a final generation and in the book of Second uh, Timothy, chapter three, Paul speaks of a final generation and a, a great falling away, and that men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. They'll be unthankful, unholy, unloving, slanderers, backbiters, right? How many feel like we might have slipped into this parallel time where there's a possibility that we live in this unholy, ungodly generation? I'm not a uh, declaring prophecies or nothing up here. I'm just telling you <laughs> there's some good parallels. Uh, but what must happen is the great falling away. And I've been studying uh, history, and I, I do study history often, uh, but one of the things that I, I began to realize is a lot of the spiritual implications also apply in physical situations. Uh, and I wanted to read this statement from Thomas Jefferson. And I found this to be very true. And it's funny how we got this whole freedom scenario going on because I didn't plan that. Uh, but it says the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Uh, And a lot of the forefathers of America spoke in terms like this. Uh, But what I wanted to say is, on the Christian side, of course we're free in Jesus Christ in this covenant, but the truth of uh, walking with God, there's blessings that we inherit, the blessings of Abraham in Christ. And you can't curse what is blessed, but see what the enemy does is he entices you to walk out of that covenant. Right? Are you with me? 
And that is his plan. How many knows the enemy is the father of all lies? And his whole kingdom is built in deception. Uh, I am under the understanding that America has been under a psychological and a spiritual war for a very long time. And uh, I feel like I was born into it. I feel like it's something that has been persistent for many generations um, to produce this final generation. But I want to start the scriptures in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 16. Uh, and I've got 15 minutes, so I'm rocking this thing. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, because from generation to generation, it was stated that we should raise our children up in the Lord and in the ways of the Lord, because uh, a generation that's not taught, it, it, it breaks the cycle, right? Are you with me? Uh, so I feel like we have woken up in a twilight zone. Even today, it's like, wow, how did we get here in America? And what can we do? Uh, but Deuteronomy chapter uh, 31. Listen to this. God calls Moses. This is what God told Moses. He told Moses, look, after you, the generations are going to go after strange gods. And he told Moses to write a song as a testimony to the children of Israel. And uh, to write this song down so it'll be a testimony to them when they forget me as their God. And uh, we're going to start with reading. The Lord said, uh, verse 16, 31, 16. The Lord said to Moses, behold, you will rest with your fathers. And this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners and of this land. Of the land where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, have not the evils that have come upon us because our God is not among us, and I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done in that they have done to turn to other gods. Now, therefore, write down this song, praise God, for yourselves and teach it to your children, the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel when I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers, and they have eaten and filled themselves. Somebody said they, they were, have eaten and filled themselves. And have grown fat. Then they will turn to other gods and serve them. And they will provoke me and break my covenant. Uh, and, and there's one spot I wanted to read in the actual song. It's a very long song, so we're not going to go into it. If you'll turn over to uh, chapter 32, this is the song that he wrote to them as a testimony to generation to generation. And uh, 32 chapter, chapter 32, verse 15, it says, But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. Jeshurun is, is Israel. It's upright, just, or straight. It says they grew fat and kicked. You grew fat and you grew thick. 
you are obese. Then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God. To gods they do not know. To new gods, new arrivals that their fathers did not fear. Of the rock who begot you, you are unmindful and have forgotten the God of or the God who fathered you. And the reason I wanted to point this out is because, man, God knows way ahead of time, uh, you know, the the workings of men. Uh, and it is not a new thing for uh, a generation to rebel against God. And I, I absolutely feel that here in America, we we had a firm foundation in the Lord for a very long time. As a matter of fact, we have sent uh, evangelists and uh, people all over the world in many places and preached the gospel to many people. Are you all with me? Uh, and at some point, as we have fell onto uh, spiritual attack and also psychological attack. Uh, and everything has been weaponized against us. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to teach you something real quick. And I feel like it's necessary to say so people can understand that. Uh, do you know that Plato spoke all the way back in his day? He believed that music was so powerful that it should be controlled by the government. And I find that so interesting that he said this. Uh, basically, he realized the power that music had in order to uh, teach, degenerate, or uh, indoctrinate. And it's so powerful that it should be held in the hands of the government. But if you ain't noticed, our music here in America has really become a corruption to our whole generation. It's not just our music, our TV. Did y'all notice how we went? From point A to point B. And uh, now you turn on the TV, man, all you see is abomination. We can't even watch TV. I can't even watch TV. Every every now, every... And then you got to realize, see, because when I grew up, a lot of what was on TV and in the music affected my whole entire life and gave me identity. So the generation coming after us, what they're getting, mm, ten times worse. Are you with me? And we are in a, a psychological and a spiritual war, whether you want to believe it or not. Uh, even President Trump says uh, he's a wartime president uh, because warfare has went psychological. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not going to name countries, but there's other foreign countries that are rather communist that believe that they can take over America without firing a single shot. And that was said in 1950. Are you with me? Uh, and we're not going to get into the depths of that, but the very first thing, uh, the four stages to take over a country, the very first thing was to demoralize it. If you go down that list, you start realizing that somewhere along the line, somebody's been playing with us. And I'm not going to get into the depths of that. But what I want you to see and I want you to understand is that no matter what, we live in a time that God pre-appointed to us, whether it be that final generation or not. It is our responsibility to 
go back to the covenant in Christ. Raise disciples in the Lord and teach righteousness to righteousness. To call out things that are a lie and start standing on the truth. No matter what it costs, because I'm telling you, our silence is what's getting us. The reason prayer got took out of school, it should have never happened. But our silence. You see what I'm saying? It's unfortunate, you know, but now we've come to a place to where it's almost irreversible. The things that's happened, our whole community has been turned against us. And uh, I got five minutes. Praise God. But what I want you to realize is, dude, it's time for us to wake up. And I'm going to tell you, it's so funny that, uh, you know, uh, psychological war has been put out and it's a common knowledge amongst countries. Uh, you know, fake news and how to uh, turn a generation upside down, you know, through the education system and through, uh, you know, it takes 15 to 20 years to turn a uproot a generation's core values in the in the uh, education system. And then they have this long plan, man, obviously demonic. And, and I found it so interesting because the correlations to what is spiritual. It's the same thing, man. Like, you know, we have to stand our ground in Jesus Christ. You know, when you demoralize a country, they can't discern the left hand from the right hand. This is what they believe. They know. It's demonic. It's demonic knowledge. And that's the generation we are now in. Would you agree or disagree? There's so much information at the tip of our fingers, but you can study to your blue in the face and not discern the truth. Are you with me? And that's what we're dealing with. It is our man. This is uh, uh, our price of freedom to be eternally vigilant. And, you know, I found that to be a very spiritual statement. You know, Jesus Christ set us free. But if you're not careful, the devil walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And they, that Jesus tells us to watch and be vigilant, right? We can't sleep. If we sleep, we'll be in slavery, whether it be to sin or to a foreign country. It's all the same. We have to wake up. We have to understand. Uh, and I'm going to. Move on to uh, Proverbs chapter 30 real quick, verse 7. I got, I got like three, four minutes, guys. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7. Lord, if I can get there. You know, it's, uh, you know, these times in which we live, man, is no joke, man. I realize how much I was asleep. You know, the, the church has married the world instead of Jesus Christ in so many ways. You know, our kids uh, would rather be uh, Britney Spears than like a woman professing godliness. Our, our kids, right? Are you with me? That's, that's what we're, we're doing. This is, this is where we're going because we have married the world in a thousand ways. Are you with me? Uh, and, you know, it is our responsibility to be the watchman on the wall and say, hey, to, to blow a, an alert and say, hey, the enemy is already among us. You know, and he's prowling around like a lion, seeming, uh, you know, seeking whom he may devour. 
Uh, Proverbs chapter 30. Did somebody get that for me? Uh, what I wanted you to realize is from David to Solomon, Solomon was taught by his father David as much as he could. He was a young man by the time David went on. Uh, but one of the things that the Proverbs is, is from father to son. It's a, a man teaching his son wisdom, right? And that is what the book of Proverbs actually is. Uh, but verse 7, it says, two things I request of you. And this is a, a prayer to the Lord, basically. It says, two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. I found this to be a most profound statement after what we read about the Song of Moses. Are y'all with me? Give me neither poverty nor riches. I don't want either one. Why? He says, least I be full and I deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or least I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. <laughs> I find that very, very interesting. And, you know, we think that things like that don't apply to the church. Uh, the book of Revelations, absolutely. Uh, the church of Laodicean says a very similar thing. You have become fat and need, in need of nothing. But I counsel you to buy gold from me. Um, I want to go to the last Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, because this is the last one I got for you before we enter into our fellowship dinner, which I'm excited about. I don't know about y'all. I'm good with it. Um, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12. Why do I feel like that's wrong? Uh, okay, you ready? Um, it says, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. Somebody say many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of the streets to dwell in. And uh, I'm actually just going to end this message with this with some thought on it. You know, it is our pre-appointed time. This is our time to work for the Lord, to preserve the things that previous generations have set forth of what is true and what is righteous and what is good and what is holy. This is our time. Right. To not drop the baton. Because the generations after us will know no God unless we teach them the ways of truth, the ways of righteousness. What God calls sin is sin. You know, and, and it is easy to avoid these subjects. I'm a preacher, man, and I, you know what I'm saying? But if a generation don't know, they don't know. And it's because people like us didn't tell them. Are you with me? But Isaiah here is talking about the restoration. And that's that's the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ and God being this new uh, bringing this new covenant in Christ that was going to bless the whole entire world. Praise God, because 
uh, you know, this covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ is one of restoration. It's one of a kinsman redeemer. But, you know, we shall be called the repairers of the breach. Are you with me? We have to divorce the world and its ideas and a lot of its encroachments on us. And we have to understand what they are and fight back. How? With truth. You know, Leo Tuz, uh, if you ever heard of the, the art of war, he says war is deception. That is the art of war. And every general from here to China understands deception as warfare. And I'm telling you this because obviously the devil is on the, the prowl. And in our generations, I can't even find I can't even find information that I know to be true. It's ridiculous. It's bad. It's gotten terrible. And the further we get away from physical books like the, the Bible, the more we're going to be manipulated and played with. Man, I, I suggest you take Bibles and bury them everywhere or something. Uh, because, dude, if they ever get rid of this, and let me tell you, the devil has tried century and century again, has been very close to being successful in a lot of his attempts to remove the knowledge of God from this earth. And I assume under the Great Tribulation, there won't be no Bibles. I don't know. But I'm just throwing that out there. So we need to commit ourselves to be the repairers of the breach, to take back what the devil took from us with his lying subversions. Are you with me? Our families who... Uh, fell into drugs, addictions, and everything in the streets that, that has been offered. We can be that restorer of the breach. Are you with me? Number one, we need to be intercessors. We need to pray. Because somehow the enemy has tricked us that our prayers do not work and are worth nothing. But it's a lie. Somebody says a lie. That is your greatest weapon. You are intercessors. God has made you priests. You understand? Alright, so on a good note, man, like, God is with us. And nothing happens outside of what He already knows is gonna happen. The times in which we live, He already predestined us to fight this fight. He give us what we need, right? Now it's up to us to walk in faith and carry out those missions, right? So let us be the repairers of the breach. And let us restore generations to righteousness. To what is good, what is holy, and what is right. Uh, and I'm talking to myself. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm here or somewhere else. I have a personal mission. Uh, to raise people in the Lord. To disciple and not just convert them to the gospel and let them wander around lost. But to raise people. In what is right. Are y'all with me? So anyways, let us finish with a song from uh, Miss Yvonne and a prayer, if you will. I'm going to uh, close this in a prayer. And let's get ready for some fellowship, right? It's time to eat, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much just for this opportunity to... Uh, preach your word, Lord God, and to preach your truth and... Uh, I pray that you give us strength, Lord. I pray that, first of all, you teach us all things as the 
the Bible says the Holy Spirit will do. I pray that you just teach us all things, Lord God, that we can walk wise in this earth and be gentle as serpents, but wise as serpents. I pray, I mean, gentle as doves and wise as serpents. I pray that you just be with us, church, and with our families and with our people through every toil and snare of the devil. And I pray that you release us from whatever uh, attacks the enemy has on this church, on uh, uh, the people within this church, Lord God. I pray that you just open the doors of heaven, send mighty angels to fight with us and for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.